We are brought to you by Boss Bears Supplements. That's Boss Bears Supplements at bossbears.co. Hard work, consistency, and determination are difficult to sustain when your mind and body can't keep up. Fuel your body with what it needs to perform like a boss. Whether you're closing deals, pitching a new business idea, or training in the gym, Boss Bears take your hustle to the next level. Our ingredients are the highest quality with potency and serving sizes that are the gold standard in the industry. Check out all of Boss Bears products at bossbears.co. They have apple cider vinegar gummies. They have ashwagandha. They have all kinds of supplements in delicious gummy form. They also have them in pill form if you don't want the gummies. I prefer the gummies. They are delicious, and I've tried the apple cider vinegar. They are very good. Uh, use code Nikki at checkout to save 10%. That's bossbears.co, code Nikki. We are brought to you by Clout Power Supplements. Uh, that's K-L-O-U-T-P-W-R.com. Uh, so here I have the uh, protein, the cravings protein from Clout. Uh, this one is the salted caramel. This is some of the best protein that I've ever had in my life. It's actually delicious. Um, I, I like the salted caramel and the cinnamon swirl are my two favorites. Uh, also, their pre-workouts are amazing. So they have the Karma Nootropic pre-workout. It's a nootropic and focused pre-workout. It's a lower stimulant formula, zero itch formula. It has four trademark ingredients and it's fully has fully dosed ingredients. Uh, so far, I, the Arctic Cherry is probably my favorite of the Karma pre-workout. Also, try the Nero Aminos from them. And also the High Stimulant Mamba is some of my favorite too. And I really like the Arctic Cherry of that one. So go to cloutpower.com and use code Nikki to save 15%. K-L-O-U-T-P-W-R.com. Code Nikki to save 15%. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Nikki Free Podcast. We are back here today with Kim Bao. Kim, how are you? I am great. Thank you. How are you? I'm great, too. So, uh, Kim, you train out of uh, the Queens Dojo in Seattle, and we're just catching up a little bit about that. How's everything going there? Great. Great? Yes. Um, So you guys are, you're training, you said kickboxing and Muay Thai. And we still have Becky is training the Muay Thai. Yes. And then your other partner, he's still there too? No, he's actually in San Diego now. Oh, so he moved out. So he's out of the picture. So you guys are keeping it going. Yes. And uh, I was asking how many students you guys have right now. Not many. Not many. So you're looking for more? Yes, absolutely. So if somebody's wanting to train with you, like what is your sales pitch to them? What, what kind of stuff are you guys training in right now that obviously Muay Thai and boxing? Muay Thai, boxing, kickboxing, yeah. I think that the um, the biggest thing is that we're really great with beginners and people who have no experience whatsoever. We're also uh, great with people that are experienced. We do have a few students that have come mm-hmm. from tons of experience that we're cleaning up quite a bit. Right, but that is tough to... Um, some people are not as good with like unexperienced because it is harder to start from the beginning, so right? so hard, yes. Yeah, so I mean sometimes it's like you'll have people that like to... Like, there is kind of a thing where as you're a coach, you almost like to train people that are a little more experienced because it's like, you know, it's like they're already kind of there. 
I don't know. I think some coaches like both. Like I know some coaches, they get kind of boring with that beginning. So like even me with my uh, personal training, I like the the <laughs> beginners. Yeah. I like the no experience part and I can get them to a certain level. And then, I mean, and that's kind of why I'm working on doing shows and stuff so that I can actually work on the next level of my training because I have to go through it. You know, if I want to end up helping people get, you know, good at doing bodybuilding, I need to like go through these shows. You know, that's kind of why I like to do it. Similar to you, you've probably been in, in fights and exhibitions and things like that to get better. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think that with beginners, I actually prefer beginners. I think that the people who come from very traditional martial arts background probably don't fit best in our school, to be right. quite honest. And that's because we have such a different and unique environment in the sense of mm -hmm. um, we're really good at building people from the ground up. Like, I can literally take somebody who's absolutely awkward and make them legitimate. Right. And what is it that makes it unique? Is it just a different kind of, uh, are you like the different kind of styles that you put together or like coming from like a more modern era? That, that <laughs> well, Becky and I definitely come from the old school era. Mm -hmm. um, I think the biggest difference though is the fact that we're really passionate about getting people comfortable in their bodies and comfortable right. in movement. Um, there isn't a lot of ego between Becky and I and I think there probably needs to be a lot more of it just because we're we're pretty much nose to the grind and yeah. get people to where they need to be. And I think that's the difference between what we do and what most people do, because a lot of times you'll see, and not everybody, so I'm not generalizing this about everybody, but you can see when, so we have like this spoof of Coach B that comes out every once in a while where she likes to, or Becky will emulate mm -hmm. um, some real toxic behaviors of coaches that we've seen in the past. Ah, I would like to see that actually. <laughs> They're really, I mean, and even toxic training partners, right? Like the people who want to come in and bang and hit hard and, mm -hmm. you know, not really focus on technique or like focus on actually doing real work because, you know, when you go in and you're sparring or when you're going in and you're coaching and your coach is constantly checking his hair or, you know, right. it's just kind of like, what are you here for? So Becky and I take a very opposite approach in that. And again, not everybody's like this, but you can definitely tell the ones that are out there that are like that. Okay. That makes a lot of sense, actually. So it's like... I, you know, and I, I would say that Becky is uh, definitely very, like, not not ego. You know, she seems Gosh, very humble. So, and everything. so I would actually like to see her go into this uh, this character or whatever. You oh, know what I'm saying? Like It's freaking hilarious. Like, she just, like, she is such a comedian. Like, she is low-key the best comedian you could ever see as an actress she is funny oh my god the yeah. shade that she throws when she's doing these things is just outright. well and she can like do it without a uh like one thing i noticed about her like she doesn't even have to say much <laughs> no. she'll just like kind of get what's going on and there'll be a bunch of like so the, the way i met like becky and deb and some of these other people that practice muay thai which is deb you know they they were uh team 3ma which is where becky was before and uh you know, there could be a bunch of people sitting around a table and like, I know what's going on. Becky knows what's going on and nobody else has an idea. You know, she's already on it. Like she like gets, yeah. gets people, I feel like. So she's quick weight for yeah. sure. But that's a good thing to have so that you're the ability to take. So just regular everyday people. So, so would you say like Queens Dojo, it's, it could be somebody that's never had any experience and maybe they're even kind of scared oh, yeah. to get into it, but you guys are going to help them get over that fear and kind of move into like let's get comfortable with this. And then after that, they can grow into like, wow, this is a great way to like protect myself, you know, self-defense. Now I have this other skill or just cause they purely like it for the workout, you know, like, yeah. 
yeah. most definitely. It's funny because I think that when you go into this space, there if you go into some of the more traditional schools, they'll literally have you put in a mouthpiece and uh, you're sparring your first day in, which is a fucking horrible idea. Right. Um, so I, I definitely don't ever recommend that. So you especially. think technique first, technique, oh, technique, hell yeah. technique. technique. And, and then, then, like, how far in would they be before you'd start throwing them into a sparring situation? So with the sparring situation, it, you have to want to spar. Not everybody wants to spar. Not everybody wants mm-hmm. to get hit in the face. You know what I no. mean? No. But the thing is that even if you're not getting hit in the face, you should develop the skill sets to understand what happens when you get hit in the face. You should develop mm-hmm. the skill sets to be able to read movement. And right. that's what we do. So that's kind of like, is that kind of like giving the ability of like, okay, this is a hobby. You're doing it for fun. So I don't need you to like get hurt. You know, and then it's what level they want to take it to, kind of, or... Yeah. Because I'm sure some people, after a while, they want to get in and spar. Oh, yeah, for I'm sure. sure you get some amb- like ambitious people, like, let's go. But I think you're right. Technique is, like, first, right? It's always first. Because that's your foundation. Yeah. I mean, if you go in and you're trying to teach somebody how to do weightlifting and they don't ha- understand how to tuck their hips underneath them, what do you right. teach them? Oh, yeah. I mean, even... Right? Uh, so today, like, before I came here, I had my posing class with my coach, and I'll tell you, like... Last year was the first time I ever did a show, and my posing was horrible, you know? And it's, like, still horrible, but it's, like, (laughs) better than last year. Yeah. You know, and it's getting a little better, certain things. Like, even... So, with that, it's probably similar, because it's, like, trying to be smooth and not go too fast. Yeah, but... But Learning body movement. I mean, some stuff you do is probably fast, fast. Well, you know, I mean, you can get there, but if you can't do it slow, you can't do it fast. But even much for you, right? Like, when you're doing bodybuilding stuff... Right? You have to get the nerves down first. So you're yeah, managing nervous all system. of that first. People have no idea. I'll be like, yeah. I'll be like, okay, so I want you to do this weight. And we're, go- we're going super light. And they'll be like overly concerned about, well, I wasn't sore. I wasn't this. And it's like, no, no, that's not what we're doing right now. We're trying oh. to get your nervous system, this pattern engraved into it. Yeah. You know, in the right, uh, with the right form. Yeah. So like you don't need to worry about right now. You might not even be tearing the muscle down yet. You're just teaching it how to move first. Oh my God. Once you teach it how to move, we can add more resistance and then that will tear the muscle uh, hypertrophy. Basically, you know, you're going to tear the muscle. It's going to regrow and get stronger. But like you have to learn the movement patterns first, which is what you said, nervous system. Right. And a lot of people are like, what does that even mean? Like your nervous system like memorizes. It's like it's like your electrical system in your body that, that teaches you how to like move basically. Well, the other thing too, though, is when you think about like getting on stage, right? All the nerves that you have to walk through, all the things that you have to get to settle down, all the breathing that you have to get right so that you can Mm -hmm. actually just function like a normal human being when you cross that stage. I mean, you can't smoke weed before you go walk out on on stage. Oh my God, no way. (laughs) I bet some some guys do though. Right. I wonder how many bodybuilders go out there baked. If right. there's some, I bet there's got to be I, some. I'm sure there probably are. I mean, just much as like in the striking and, you know, uh, martial was, arts space. Oh, I guarantee. Oh, my God. What is it like? A, what's that uh, dude that's kind of famous for that? Is that uh, Nick? Uh, which one of those brothers? Diaz? Is it the yeah. Diaz brothers? <laughs> totally like the ones just high as fuck kite. all the time? Like, high as a fucking kite. Probably helps him get hit in the face a little bit. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, though, it's like you have to get all past all of those things before you can... I mean, mm-hmm. again, going back from no pressure, adding a little bit of pressure, adding a little bit of variance, and adding more pressure, right? Mm-hmm. But all of that comes with due time. If you try to add pressure before anything is laid out, you're going to be fucked because right. you're... There's no foundation. Yeah, like every, yeah, everything you've been taught, you're like fucking freaking out. It's like not good. Right, so you're talking about the... Uh, like, that's why no sparring first, learning mm-hmm. technique first. Because then you'll actually... And then act, I suppose once you get the techniques, then the sparring, and then you learn how to control... 
like the excitement you said from the sparring might make mm-hmm. you forget the technique. Now I got to learn how to calm down, breathe, remember the technique. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, but if you don't learn the techniques first, you're right. You're probably going to get a bunch of bad habits. Well, the problem too, though, is that if you're constantly in flight or fight, like yeah, yeah. you cannot understand or learn this skill. Like if you're constantly fighting for your life, like when do you implement the things that you've learned? And then a good coach is going to be able to emulate, you know, a safe system so that mm-hmm. they can go practice and one that they can understand right. two that they can actually demonstrate under pressure. And that's what we do in sparring. Exciting. So what, what would you say are the, uh, like the traits of a good coach? If you had to pick some, mm. I think uh, the traits of a good coach is one that's actually in it for the right reason, you know, mm-hmm. because I think that there's a lot of coaches that are still green or are still trying to understand. But if you're really in it to learn about people and be selfless, mm-hmm. then I think that being a coach, you're going to figure it out. I know. I do think it's about trying to help. It's it's weird because like you, you go into like bodybuilding or whatever it is you're doing, there's a little bit of a... a ego there you know like uh, and almost a narcissism and then when you like oh i'm gonna take the thing that i love doing and turn it into like now i'm gonna teach other it becomes not about you yeah which i think can be like there is a uh there was a coach a while back that i remember and like this is when i was first becoming a coach myself like for uh personal training and i would kind of be like i don't want to be like that guy because i would notice like the whole time he would talk about himself yeah and like what bodybuilding shows he had i mean just the whole time and i was like damn but i mean some of his clients must have liked him but i was kind of like note to myself i'm like i don't want to be like that which i will talk about myself if my clients are excited about it like if they want to know like hey nick do you have a show coming up is this what about that like i'll tell them or if they ask me about something but i try to like see what's going on in their life you know, and I would hope so. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, that's what you know, it's like because I would like to see them, and then you do, you get back from it. I think it's kind of like that thing about giving is how you get back, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's like you, you give energy to them, and then you see them do well, and then it comes back to you, kind of, you know, like makes yeah. you feel good. It makes you feel good. I think that yeah. when you look at coaching, coaching shouldn't be about wanting something back. I mean, yeah, you want your students to perform for sure, right? Like you want right. your clients to perform, but it's interesting because even in the fitness space, because I played in the fitness space for a good 10, 15 years, it was a yeah. huge part of my life, you right, know? Right. And so I think that the funny thing is when you watch people coach, it's almost like, have you ever seen those old guys who um, are played football in high school and they like keep talking about yeah. how they used to be and it's yeah. like a, a place for them to be able to tell their sob stories? Yeah. Like, I hate that. Oh my God. But it's, <laughs> it's so, like, what have you done for me lately? Right. But it's so prevalent right. in the both, you know, personal training, fitness, physical fitness space, right. as well as, as it is in the martial arts space. So I think that a good coach is somebody who's really going to care about the people. And then yeah. also on top of that, really care about the community that they're um, bringing up those people in. Yeah, it's kind of a community building thing too. Oh, it's isn't totally it? a community. I mean, that's what you guys do. So Queens Dojo is probably like that, huh? Oh like, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's even like you and Becky. You guys have like probably this kind of like connection because of what you do, and yeah. you get a group of people that all have like this thing that they have a shared love for. Mm-hmm. That's what like so that's what pro wrestling is like with like the yeah. pro wrestling fans and stuff. Like, it's so weird. or anything you nerd out about. Yeah. You know, like a certain anime or people go to those comic cons and all that stuff mm-hmm. like. Sacrocon. Yeah. yeah, it's wild. People get these shared loves of these things, but it does create community. So yeah. it's like cool. It's like, so I had one client, he's like uh, in personal training where he's like, 
always sending me pictures of like food that he makes, which also we should talk about your food sometime because your your food page was like so <laughs> looked so good. Yes. But he would like send me these pictures, and I'm like, dude, you like are such a good cook. You should start something. So like, I think he's trying to start like a in, in his apartment complex like a food group thing. So like once a month they're gonna get together. Yeah. And it's like that kind of stuff is what people should probably do more of, right? Like, yeah. I mean, like for sure. less phone stuff and like more in person stuff a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that would be. I feel like there's a. I've been talking about this a little, but I don't know. Let me see what you think about it. It seems like there is kind of a, like a, uh, epidemic of loneliness. I feel like a little bit in people maybe like over a certain age, maybe young people too. I don't know, but it seems like the more we get connected on social media, the less we have like real connection in real life. It seems like. I don't know if that's necessarily true because I'll be honest with you. Like, if you use social, and this is the problem, right? Most yeah. people don't use social media wisely. Right. Most people are very much takers on social media. So, uh-huh. and you can tell because it's like you know little things, right? If you post something up and they never repost it, or if they're wanting to always talk about themselves, and you can see it in their stories, right? Like, who are you talking about? Are you talking about all the amazing things? And you know, there's some people who are built for for things like that because that's their brand, right? Like right. Chris, Chris Cyborg would be a perfect example, right? She's a brand in herself. Oh yeah. Right. And so yeah, everybody wants to see what she's doing, right? Mm-hmm. That's one thing. But like when you're like an everyday Joe, or you're even a person who's coming up in the ranks, like. I definitely have strong feelings about this. You should be celebrating the people who help bring you up to that level. Right. And you should also be, you know, resharing your community and the work that you're doing because your community is giving to you. You need to give back to your community. Right. So it's like... So there shouldn't be loneliness ce- on celebra- social media. No, and I actually like social media. That's why... So, like, I think sometimes we vilify it with this stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's like... I don't know there's for me I've always enjoyed it and I, I always think maybe it's because I was around before it like became what it is now I don't know what it would be like a kid growing up with it now <laughs> you know so we have like some frame of reference from like the before time so like I always look at social media like I don't take it that serious yeah but you can't there can be really nice things where you share something and there's something meaningful too yeah but I also always kind of just treat it as like I know this is just a performance mm-hmm. so I look at everybody's as if they're just performing like you're this walking is, out on stage flexing yeah this is like your best <laughs> kind of version of yourself I know there's more but this is what you're presenting you know and like yeah. and then also like it gets me pumped up like I actually get inspired by other people doing better than me like even like all the cheese, like, and once in a while you'll do this too. I see you post all these like cheesy things, but they're not cheesy to me. They're like good. Yeah. Like I'll see the, like it's a quote or something. And mm-hmm. it's like one about like, like basically, you know, yours are kind of similar to some of the stuff I post, like work hard. Like it's like quit blaming other people, take accountability. Like, yeah. and that kind of stuff gets me pumped up. So I, I like social media for that. And I like yeah. memes as well. <laughs> so I don't think social media is all bad or anything. Hmm. I, I just, yeah, I feel like I do see, like, certain people that are, like, I don't know. I feel like we should do more. But you're doing things like that with what you're doing. Like, like martial arts is a form of that community. Yeah. And building community. I think bodybuilding is, too. Yeah. So, and then other people have other forms of it. Like, when, even, like, the bar I work at. That's, like, some people's form of community. They go out to yeah. the bar and hang out. Uh, go eat a food truck with each other. You know, whatever it is. But so, yeah, I don't think, yeah, because I, I think it's a double edged sword trying to like say that social media is all evil because I definitely don't think that. Mm-mm. I think it's kind of what you make it. I feel yeah, like. absolutely. I think yeah. that the community that you create in your social media says a lot about you. Like, I can, I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. on social media, you can see who these people are and they pretty much translate into real life. 
Yeah, do you feel like Ew, that? Oh my god, yeah. it's so horrible. That's funny because even when I was trying to pick your promo pictures, you're like, ew, I don't even want to do that. <laughs> so I just tried to find some badass ones where you look cool. Um, yeah, well, that's what I do. It's uh, what I try to do, yeah. yeah. Um, we try to present people in the, the most badass light here, you know what I mean? So, yeah, not that it really matters, but yeah, it, it is kind of weird. Like, I know some people that won't even post selfies anymore because they're like, they've gotten to a level where like, I don't want to do that anymore. You know what I mean? Like maybe yeah. they started out where that's what got them to like their following. Yeah. And then they go through some kind of experience where it's like, ah, this is kind of gross. I don't want to do it anymore. I don't think that selfies are bad. I think, I think you can I don't tell. either. Clearly I do. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like. I know. I, I see your poses. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, that's a thirst trap. <laughs> I, I've been very guilty of a lot of thirst traps in my life. Yeah. But I think that, you know, when people look at selfies as a, a bad thing, I think it's really important for people to connect with the audience. And it's funny mm -hmm. because I actually um, was working with another person and I was like, hey, you need to actually post your picture. I was like, you need yeah. to talk about yourself. You need to talk about what you do. Self-promotion. Yeah. I mean, it's not even self-promotion, but it's like letting people actually connect with you. And I know that it was so funny because I was actually trying to find a selfie of myself in like yeah. the, in the last year. A smiling and I'm like oh dude I have no selfies no yours smiling. are more like a badass like, you're usually <laughs> like like fighting you know like you're usually like in that but no I think it's not I think it's like especially when it's like you know if you've worked for something and you want and you're proud of it and you want to show it off like that is okay to me I like you oh know. yeah I totally and then I think we also some people I think we're not very good at uh like advocating for ourselves oh it's so much easier for me to advocate for other people like right. i can build anybody else's personal brand but yeah. i like have the hardest time talking about it was like funny what do you think it is that limits you with that just like it's it's that humbleness that that i would say like the um I, there's like scars of like working with coaches who are absolute dicks right and um you know having to undo a lot of that mm -hmm. uh self-worth i think is another big one um mm -hmm. and then also just being comfortable with talking about me I mean I, right. I'm comfortable talking about me now um, yeah but it's much like you know when I was doing my own podcast I was like dude it's so hard to fucking talk to people about me and like having to do the solo episodes I was like this fucking blows well that's what I yeah I've never done the solo episode I feel like the people that can do that there's some comedians that do that very well yeah you know and some of them have like maybe one producer but then they'll just go on rants about everything going oh, on in the world fucking... and some of them are so good yeah um but yeah, it is weird. Like I, I get that way too with, um, you know, there's a weird thing where like if somebody compliments you, you're like, ugh, gross. You I know, mean, it's yeah, like, it's I don't know. I, I shouldn't be like that. I've gotten better at just like taking a compliment. But This it's dude like, out here putting out thirst traps and having a hard time taking compliments. Well, it's weird because like, uh, yeah, I know. It is. There's definitely something psychological going on there, I'm sure. What do you think it's going that on? That I'm probably still that? working through. I don't know what it is. I think it's like I think it's what a lot of people have that are driven like just wanting to like prove people wrong type of thing. Mm -hmm. Something happens to you when you're young or like, and you're just like, I, I want to be the best. I want to be the best. Never good enough. I got to be better. That's what it is for me, anyways. Yeah, that's definitely what what it was for me before yeah. too. It's and it's like could be anything. Something a coach said a long time ago. I'm gonna show that motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Somebody. Yeah, I think it's good though because I do feel like we have to have something to fight against. I feel like uh, the more you fight, the less at peace you are, and then the yeah. more you have to prove, the less you're comfortable in your own skin. Right. This is what I tell people. I'm always like, I always tell them, like, use it, but if you're still, like, how did I say? I have this friend, and she's an amazing artist, you know, and I was like, I was like, I think it's great, you know, like, you, you use all that stuff that's pent up to, like, propel you. 
But then I was like, but if you're like 40 and you're still pissed off about something that happened in high school, you probably need to get over it. <laughs> you know, like at that point it starts getting kind of sad. Like, yeah. But I'm always like, yeah, like, so I always tell people use it, but then it's kind of like at some point if you're still hanging on to this stuff, you're only like hurting yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like you can use it to propel you through little areas, I feel like. But it's like, it's a little, I, I know that, what you're saying. Yeah, it's a little. I, I think that that's a different though, right? Because I think it, when you're young, right? You're like, it's funny because, you know, I manage the social media for the Pacific Northwest uh, LBC. And it's interesting when these kids. What's post, the LBC? Is that? So the LBC is the Love local. Boat captain? No. <laughs> no, it's the local boxing. Um, oh, sick. Yeah. So it's basically all of the areas from like Alaska up to mm-hmm. I think Olympia, yep. and you know I mean martial artists are going to be like most assessed for this, and that's the oh you know everybody was against me or whatever else, and it's like no not everybody's against you, and if that's where you focus on like again that's young right. energy right, so the young energy will say hey like I'm I'm going to do this despite what you said to me or whatever, and and then you finally get to a point, and that's great for when you're that young, right? Because it's going to propel you to a certain point, and then you start to realize if you use that energy and you continue to use that energy at an older age, you're you're fighting against your own worth. It just gets like self-destructive. Right. It, it's very self-destructive, and then on top of that, you don't allow yourself to connect with people that want to build you up. So right. your focus is in the wrong spot. So yeah. it's really important that as you get to the points of healing, right, when you start mm-hmm. to say, hey, you know what, like, not everybody's against me and there's actually people who are there, and then you focus that energy on that, you'll see a whole new community show up for you and right. support you and elevate you and actually want to sing your praises. And yeah. I think that's important for us to be able to get to. So it's kind of like eventually you learn that people actually want to see you succeed, or yeah. the right people do. Yeah, absolutely. Because you start out like, I'm going to prove everybody wrong, oh, Nobody, yes. nobody's got my back, and then you start that's slowly realizing... That's fucking harsh energy, man. Yeah, harsh and then you realize, energy. like, actually, if you treat people well, and you're, like you said, you're not selfish, it's not all about you, then all of a sudden people really are rooting for you. Oh, yeah. And, and you'll be surprised at what you're looking for, though, right? Because if yeah. you're looking for people to talk shit to you, there's going to be many people that are going to talk shit to you. There's many people that talk shit to me. But if you focus on the, hey, like there's people who want to build me up and then you just highlight those people, then your brain starts to search for things like that and mm-hmm. then you're in a different place. And that place where you can perform is fucking way different from an angry place. And man, you can see through some shit. It's better that way you think? Oh my yeah, God, yeah. by a hundred. Yeah, because if you're clouded by just that anger and stuff, you probably can like get taken out easier if you make it too emotional. Oh my god! Especially in fighting, right? Oh my god, for sure. Yeah, right? like fighting emotional doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be fighting well, right? But the the one thing that I'll say too, though, and this probably goes for you as well, right? Like, when do you make the best decisions? Do you make it when you're angry? Do you make it when you're pissed off? I'm pretty sure it's not. It's not. It's not. It's never going to be that dude, way. Dude, there's some like texts where had I sent them to like. <laughs> my boss or whatever at the time that I wrote him and hadn't taken that minute to be like, you know what? Let's chill out on this before you... There was a few <laughs> times where said. I did send them, you know, when I was younger. I'd get in trouble. Like, you're like, shit. That is funny because then I'll see that stuff in like younger people now as you kind of get older and you start like, you know, you'll see a younger friend like be like, all pissed off about my boss, this, and like wants to like say all this stuff. And it's like, you know, actually like... That just makes you look smaller. Because, yeah. like, like, why are you even letting this person take up space in your brain? You know, like, you should right. just be like, like, you know what the best thing to do? It's kind of like the idea. The thing was, like, it was someone that was, like, wanting to leave a place of work and, like, leave a big, like, fuck you to their boss. I'm like, you know what would be a better thing? Just be like, thank you so much for the opportunity. I really enjoyed working here. 
and then move on. That's actually will that's better. Like you saying all that shit is not actually gonna even hurt them. They're just gonna think like, well, you're really fucked up. Why would somebody? Thank God do? he's gone. Yeah, you know what I mean. So you're not really. I think people think they're like getting somebody when actually they're hurting themselves sometimes with Absolutely. that stuff. Yeah. And I think that you know when you look at that too, it, it's really important to understand. Um, you know, again, going back to you make your best decisions when you're calm. You make your mm. best decisions when you're in a great mood. You do not make yeah. good decisions when you're in fear. You do not make good decisions when you have anxiety. You do not make good decisions when you're angry. So if you allow yourself to make decisions from that place and not find, and that's like, that's the biggest thing with us as coaches, right? We're just trying to get our fighters to a place where they're like feeling calm and not feeling overwhelmed so that they mm. can make better decisions so that they can see clearly when they're fucking somebody up the face, right? So it's right. like, you want to make sure that they're in a calm place so that they can read the movement so that they can see what's going on and they can make better decisions. But if you're in a place where you're elevated, your emotions are high, you're in yeah. fight or flight, dude, those decisions are shit almost like 99.9% of the time. That's so funny because that's really true. Oh. Everything. Like emo and that's weird because like actually I was just thinking about something really random actually. Is like so when I, I used to play in bands too. Mm-hmm. And, like, when you're a singer, you kind of actually are, like, recreating emotion every time you perform. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's a weird thing when you're, like, the singer. There's, like, this extra thing that I always felt like sometimes the other people in the band didn't quite get, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes guitar solos can be like that, too. But, like, there's this level of having to, like, go through emotion in order to project the emotion into the song and stuff. But what you said is so true because there was, like, things were, like there's like a fine line with music of like you want the emotion sometimes like you can use emotion and it helps the song like if you actually feel something really strongly you can actually hear it in the singing you can hear it you know but there's also a time where you like do it almost too much and it like ruins the song it's like bro calm down you know what i mean like Like, a whiny bitch right now yeah you just like used a little too much it's almost like an it's almost like a paint you can use but if you use too much of it Mm -hmm. and you like sacrifice your musical um you know your what do i want to say your techniques or whatever too much so sometimes you want to like sacrifice the techniques a little bit let a little emotion and it's beautiful and you feel it and the audience feels it but if you overdo it, and in your head you might be like, oh, that was so good and emotional, and really you just sounded like an idiot. Like, Burr, you know, like, yeah, and it's like, so I think there's a fine line. And I think probably fighting is similar. Like, you want to stay as calm as yeah. you can. But it's also one of the things that it was funny. I was listening to my old podcast, and I was talking to uh, what, what was it called? It was called Trauma to Triumph. Okay, we, yeah. should, we should promote that, yeah. <laughs> it's an old one. So yeah. it's funny, though, because in, in this uh, conversation that I had with this therapist, we were talking about how when your emotions are elevated and how you can't see clear, right? Yeah. And then when you're in that place where you're constantly angry, like it just shows, right? But oh, much like dang. your singing thing that you're talking about, like the control is the control of the emotions, the right. ability to... It's not like don't use them, but you have to have control of them. You have to right. be able to share it, but in a way that still allows you to recognize that you're in control of them. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, a, that's a life lesson. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. yeah. And I feel you're right when we're younger, we're like... I was like, dude, I did stuff when I was young that was straight up dumb. Yeah, you're like, and really you look back and you're like, oh shit, that made me look weak. And yeah. that didn't make, you think it makes you look strong, but it really doesn't. Mm-mm. It's actually like a lot stronger to just like turn the other cheek sometimes. Yeah. And but like, you, they didn't yeah. even, you know, how, like if you really want to get somebody, just be like, they didn't even affect me. Oh, I know. And if they think they couldn't, you know, like if you show them they affected you, they want it. Oh yeah, especially sure. if it's somebody you're like at odds with or whatever. So I'm like, that's why I was like telling this friend of mine, I'm like, you do not want to send 
you know, say that to your mm-hmm. boss. I don't care how bad it was. Like, yeah. the worst way you can get them is move on with your life and become way more successful than them. Right. You know, like, but then, even then, it can't be because they did that to you, right? Otherwise, that, they still have power over you. Right. And that yeah. energy is real. And, like, everybody around you can sense that energy. And that's right. just, like, fucking gnarly. Like, try going on a date with a girl who's, like, super throwing that kind of energy out you that's going to be an angry well there's like or like desperate energy yeah like the more you need something Mm -hmm. you know and that's kind of like where i talk about like with social media you can see when somebody's thirsty you know when somebody needs attention oh my god totally fucking horrible i'm like oh god put your clothes back on (laughs) well that's like my instagram yeah it's like damn bro what are you (laughs) what is going on Nikki yeah. needs a date. <laughs> Clearly, yeah. I don't know what that is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely not alone. The whole of Instagram is like tons of thirst traps. But it is like, I do like as I get older, you know, I do question. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Like, why are we like this as a society? Like, yeah. You know, it's like there's so much more valuable things you could do, but for sure. But I think it's like anything. It's like it's like a game. It becomes like a game. Yeah. So it's like it's yeah. It's like social media is almost like a game. It's like. It's like a fun game if you do it right, you know, but it's like, I don't know. I, I think it's like some kind of wanting to show your value or something. But then it's like, yeah, where's that line of like, oh, it's just needing attention. Mm. It's attention needing. Yeah. So for me, when I use social media, I don't use it as a thirst trap, clearly. Like, I don't, I really don't give off those vibes. Yours doesn't. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't feel like I give off those vibes. And it's been very intentional because, you know, right. I think growing up and being a younger Asian female, like get hit on all the fucking time I bet and so it's like you know how do I get to a point and you know now I, like when I walk into a gym or do whatever I do I don't get hit on yeah and that is by design you like, did that on purpose oh, I was like did, did it just get old getting hit on like oh man I used to train back in the day and it was with some really high level fighters mm-hmm. um that would just fucking hit on it was like insane. so is that rough in that in that world being a, a female and we're like there's always going to be some guy that's looking at you like that you know like yeah i mean but i suppose this is what comes with the territory right but it it's like, used to be what comes with the territory but i think that you know after the age of like 30 going back into the gyms like i think i had a much more like mom feel like i i think i've said this before where like i head kicked some kid and then i was like oh my god are you okay and it was like so it transitioned yeah. to a more of a mom feel then? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'd, I'd much rather do that than I would, like, fucking be looking. The know, thirst okay. trap. Like, yeah. I'll beat your ass as a mom. I'm good yeah. with that. Right. <laughs> no, that is different, though. I mean, like, even, like, as a guy, we get kind of, like, there's weird stuff like that, being a bartender, being a coach. Like, I've had some weird yeah. stuff happen. Oh, I'm sure. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and then obviously when you do post those kind of selfies and stuff, you're like, okay, I did ask for some of this in a sense. You totally you know? asked for it. <laughs> yeah, like, I can only like, imagine your your DMs. My DMs are scary. <laughs> yeah, so imagine. they can be. I tell people that too. Like, I can't remember. Like sometimes I'll get into certain conspiracies and stuff, and I'll be like, I'm like, that's easy for you to say it's a conspiracy when you don't know what some people, if they want something from you, what they're willing to like off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. So when they get into like that, you know, like the Jeffrey Epstein stuff and this creepy like mm-hmm. stuff like that going on, people are like, oh, that's ridiculous. I'm like, you've never had a bunch of creepy people come in your DMs and try to like buy you, have you? Because like otherwise you would think it's a lot more realistic. You know, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I think there's some weird people out there. Oh, there's definitely weird yeah. people. Like I think I had for the for a while there, and I was like, man, whatever energy I'm fucking throwing out there, I got to change this pretty fast because I think I was getting requests for feet pics. Oh yeah, and I yeah. Was like, oh hell no. I've had requests for like, can I buy your underwear? Oh god. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of my powerlifter buddies on here sold his underwear one time. He said for like three hundred bucks to some oh. dude. I'm like hell, that's a good. 
you know, like, I, you know, it's like, I don't know, it's kind of weird, but when you need money, I guess, like, hell, 300 bucks. So we're going to go ahead and sell Nikki's underwear? Yep, so the bidding starts at $300. I'd say 500 If you can raise least. that up more, we'll, we'll go more. I'll even wear them working out, so I'll, I'll do um, some deadlifts in them. We'll get, you know, <laughs> get them all sweaty and everything. Uh, I feel like that was a plot of, like, Orange is the New Black for a while. Like, she was selling, like, the... Uh, the inmates' panties or whatever. Oh, that's fucking you know? insane. Yeah, and they were, like, making a ton of money. The guards were in on it and everything. And, like, there's some weird stuff like that. Yeah, I it's bet. Like, I, I don't doubt it. There's a whole bunch of society that's just, like, depraved. You know, it's like... Yes. Now, as you get older, like, what do you think about that kind of... I get much more, like, conservative as I get older about that stuff. I don't know. I think I've always been a little bit on the conservative side. Yeah, like I'm always like, do you do whatever you want to do? Like I'm not gonna judge, mm -hmm. but I get definitely more like I do start thinking of like, you know, if I had kids, would I want to conduct myself that way, or like, do I want them to find out about this, or like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I can see where like people that do that stuff—that's what's weird about social media. How you make your money on there? Yeah. You know, it's like there's ways to make money, but is it? Do you feel morally good about it? Yeah. We're like, when you do coaching, I feel like that's a, something you can morally feel great about. Yeah. Don't you feel that? I mean, mm -hmm. does that matter to you at all? Like, for oh, me, absolutely. it definitely does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I feel like I'm selling my soul, I'm not doing it. Yeah, there's something about like, I, I feel like things matter more than we think. Yeah. You know, or they should. It's and like, it's always interesting to um, listen to people or the reasons why they do it. And like, I'm not knocking anybody who's making their money off social media or OnlyFans. I think it's, right. I mean, kudos to you if you can exactly. do it and look at yourself in the mirror and feel good about it. Because I mean, like that's, that's for them to deal with, not for me to deal with. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it. Um, I mean, not from like a sexual standpoint. If it was like, hey, you want to follow me around on coaching stuff? Cool, like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, let's do that. You're like, I wish there was more money in that. Oh, yeah. That's like some people be like, I'm going to start an OnlyFans. I'm just going to cook, but like with my clothes on. It's like, no, that's not going to work. Because, <laughs> you know, it wasn't actually made as like a porn. Like, it wasn't, an, like, it was initially just like, it's, it's a, a pay. Thing. Yeah, it's a pay for yeah. content. So, yeah. like, in a perfect world, it could be like people literally just putting their content and people paying for it, but it's just turned into what it is. Like, yeah. imagine if you had like a successful OnlyFans that was like there was no nudity, no sex, nothing, and you actually were making money at it, and you like told people, well, "How do you make your money?" OnlyFans. Like the minute like they heard it, they would immediately think, You'd "Be like you fucking lie." Like no, I just cook on there. I just do cooking and like like naked, right? Cooking. No, just with my clothes on. Yeah. Yeah. People would be like, "No, you don't." I don't. I don't believe that. <laughs> But yeah, right. that's I don't know how we got on that topic, but that's uh, that's interesting. It's Nikki introducing his OnlyFans page. Right, it's still out there somewhere if anybody wants to uh, <laughs> go find it. But yeah, morally, I'm just like, ooh, I don't I don't think I could do it. But he'll post the half naked pictures of almost seeing his crotch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on Instagram. I know I am kind of like I don't know what's going on. I'm like a juxtaposition with myself. It's like yeah. Hey, it's cool if you're proud of your body and you've been working hard. Fucking flaunt it. I know? do think that's okay. Yeah. yeah, I think that's gotta be okay, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's just social media. It's so weird. Yeah. I guess we never like learned about this as kids, like how to navigate this. Nobody world. learned about this as kids. No, Nobody learned about this as adults, really either, right? Like, I'm no. still trying to teach. It's still how new, to... really. If you yeah. think about it, we're still like dealing with the consequences of it. Yeah, and then also, like, there's etiquette, too, right? But most people don't have any, um, you can see the etiquette there, so. Do you think a lot of people in society are just, like, people that never really grew up? 
So, like, they're still kind of kids, but they're just, like, adults. Their bodies grew up, but, like, they didn't become, like, an adult. So, I think that a lot of people do not actually work through their shit. So, I think that's where we get stuck as kids. Mm -hmm. Um, Because a lot of times, like, and even, like, in classes, right? Like, even when you teach, you can obviously see the way that they interact. So, whenever something makes you uncomfortable or Mm -hmm. something makes you vulnerable, I'm sure you probably see this with personal training, too. Like, they do this thing where they either talk too much or, like, they they have, like, their little nervous habits that come out when they're trying to learn. Mm -hmm. And so, you can see, like, the interaction with the way that they um, work with you. Right. And how they are able to receive feedback. Most people are not able to receive feedback. I do think that it's hard. It's so I have a, my thing with my clients is there's certain ones that are like, everyone's different. So I do like case by case. Right. So it's like, I have certain people where I can like really push them. And in fact, they want me to, they want the truth. They want honesty. They want to be pushed. There's other people where I have to almost work around some of like you said, their, their issues to still get them where they need to go. But by gingerly, you know, like there's certain ways you can kind of help them without, because they maybe are a little more sensitive. Mm-hmm. We're like, I'm like somebody myself, like, uh, I mean, everybody's got some sensitivities, I would say, but I, I like it better when like my coach is just like honest with me, like, bro, you need to do this. Yeah, or, but that's like, real accountability. Like that's, you, yeah. when, you know, not everybody is, is capable of it. I find as I get older that I'm realizing like, if you want to be honest, you're definitely going to have people that hate you. Yeah. But it's kind of worth it. Yeah. And even just, you don't, just a little bit of honesty, like just like trying to be like true, you know, like people don't like it, but then it's weird. They'll respect you. Mm. Like, that's what I found. Like people don't like honesty. Cause like I'll share things about like alcohol that I don't think it's great or I'll do that. And people get sensitive about it. But then you realize like at the end of the day, it doesn't actually make them like not respect you. They just like don't like the things you're saying. It's weird. Yeah. But actually, sometimes it makes them respect you more because, like, damn, they know, like, you're actually just telling the truth. Yeah. You know? It's, like, weird. I don't know. For real. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird. It's, so, like, um, like, what's one of the best compliments you've ever gotten? Mm. That I'm a very supportive person. That's a good one. Yeah. 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 I, I, I don't think people will realize, like, when you show up to support somebody... Mm-hmm. And they don't ever acknowledge it or they don't ever appreciate it. And like you, and I think for, okay, so let me, let me take this back a little bit. Like some yeah. people are takers and some people are givers. Okay. Right. And some people don't recognize when somebody is a true giver. Mm-hmm. And so when you can uh, say that and mean it and then do it in a way that allows somebody to feel seen and heard for the effort that they're putting out, I think mm-hmm. that's freaking awesome. It, I would say, yeah, listening is huge yeah. as a coach, like actually listening and Sometimes people, like, honestly, they just want somebody to listen to them. Oh, that's everybody, though. You know, like, how often do you actually feel like you got listened to? Oh, yeah. That's weird. You know, most of the time you're just thinking of the next thing. People are thinking the next thing they're going to say or, like... So it is kind of rare when you, like, oh, shit, someone actually, like, understood what I was saying. saying. (laughs) I know. That's a wild one, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, so it's kind of funny because even for me, right, like... I think if you have a podcast, you have to be, hopefully, hopefully, you have to be a good listener, right? It's, because... it's something I have to work on, yeah. <laughs> no, I do try. Like, I'll listen back and I'll be like, shit, why'd you start? You shouldn't have started talking there. You should have let it go a little <laughs> I will. I'll give myself notes all the time. But I appreciate the awareness of that, right? Because a lot of people aren't great listeners. Like, it's funny because most people will sit down with me and they'll think that they know me, but what they really don't realize is how much I know about them. 
Right. Yeah. So it's a little bit scary because I am, I'm, I am a, the true definition of a mom. I will hear you and I will. Yeah. Right you know. Oh, I know. Like, is that the thing where like moms got eyes in the back of their head? Here, um, if you love supporting the podcast and if you, it, or the subscription subscription program, yes. and if you really want to do, uh, you know, this guy a service, make sure you listen to what he's sponsored with. Take advantage of discounts. You know, Manscaped. if you look at manscaped.com, 20% off code with the code Nikki, Nikki Fit. Fit yeah, yeah. You know, why not? Why not do yourself a, a, a service and clean up and downstairs? Do your balls a service. Dude, dude, you do not want to be looking unkept You're for your You're talking partner. about like, hey guys, quit fucking watching porn. Actually go out and find a real woman. So to start with that, order a Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 and shave them balls up. So I, I, love the, I love the lawnmower. Dude, she's going to like... You know, pull it out and it's gonna be all hairy and gross. She's gonna be like, "What the fuck? She's like, what you the fuck is clean this? Clean that shit up." Dude. If they clean up, you should clean up. You gotta. You know what? It's the law. Well, yeah, and you want them to clean up, so you better fucking clean up. Too, yes, bro. be be presentable, men. Be presentable, man, out there. We love it, dude. So I say that not all moms have eyes on the back of their head, but I definitely have the uh, listening yeah. tools, and I can hear and see and you know feel what you're putting out there. I wonder where that saying came from. Because that's like such a, like, I've heard that so much. And it is like, it's because, like you said, like, there'll be like a mom that, like, you think you're getting away with something. And it's like, nah, they're already on to you. Yeah. They already my, knew. My they, kids, they might pretend they don't know, but they knew the whole time. Yeah. My kids will literally um, think that they got away with something and I'll come back to it like 48, 72 hours later. I'm like, yo, dude, I didn't uh, forget. I'm, I'm coming. I'm that coming is for so you. funny. We used to have this, uh, in uh, when I was in high school, we used to have this uh, library teacher, so a librarian. Mm hmm. And he was like, what was he like? He had an Austrian accent, like whatever Arnold Schwarzenegger has. Mm. And he was like deaf, so he always had like these ear things in. So he would always like, his name was Mitta Eddy, you know. So he <laughs> talked like that, and people would like talk mad shit about him. It was so funny, because you know he oh he's deaf or whatever. Oh Mitta Eddy, you know he would speak like death very much, and he would be like, don't tamper with the stamper and all this stuff, you know like. But he'd be mean, like, don't tamper with that fucking stamper, you know? But, like, it'd be so funny, like, people would be talking mad shit about him, and he'd be standing there like nothing's happening, and they'd be, like, saying something just horrific, and all of a sudden, like, and so they think he can't hear any of it because he's, like, deaf. Mm -hmm. And it would be so funny, he would just be like, I heard that. <laughs> he would just, like, literally say that. It's, like, the whole time, because he did, he could hear, you know, because yeah. he had hearing aids and shit, but it was funny where, like, people think they're getting away with all this shit. Like, people know what's going on. Some people do. Some you people know. are totally in their own shit where they don't don't see what's going on around Unaware. you. Unaware. Yeah. yeah. But I think that like with the whole mom things, moms with eyes on the back of their head, it's because I think women have had to be so hyper aware of all the shit that's going on, and they're just because of society. Yeah, I mean, like for their own safety. Even? No, yeah, or for just, sure. Yeah, like yeah. women are uh, a I would different say. species. Yeah. yeah. Like we're always having to check what's going on around us, and like right. we're totally. I mean, we're we're the ultimate multitasker, you know. When it yeah, comes well, to I think they're yeah. Well, I think science even says women are better at multitasking. But then the whole like, we don't want to be though. Many times I understand like what you're talking about, where like, I will talk to some like a, a woman or something and like realize like, oh damn, like I never like that idea of like being scared of like walking down the street or like you know what I mean. Like there's certain things like that that I've just like take for granted because of my size or whatever yeah, I'm like six foot four how much yeah do you weigh? so i'm like i'm like well right now like 220 yeah, something because i'm like starting to cut so like we're got the, like he's gonna be scared of you huh yeah <laughs> it's really weird i didn't think of that and then as you get older you start like actually uh well part of you kind of takes that as like almost a uh 
like a role. Like I, you know, I do, I do want to help protect people if I am this big, you know what I mean? Like yeah. if there is a way that I can like, you know, be in a bar and it's like extra, like, oh, it's nice that the big guy's here. You know what I mean? <laughs> just think, even if it's just for the perception, even if I have no fighting skills whatsoever. But you have wrestling skills, right? Yeah. Well, I do. And I took a little jujitsu. Like I could not. Can you wrestle wrestle though? Like for real wrestle? No, I couldn't for real wrestle. Oh, you only do the. It was just all fake. Aww. It was all fake. Breaking my heart, nigga. It was all like the uh, Instagram selfies. It's all just for show. Got know? it. It's like, no, um, I think like what's weird about pro wrestling is like I did it because it was like this love I had for it. But then you kind of do become an athlete in mm-hmm. a weird way because it's a different kind of athlete. Yeah. But it's still like super athletic, I would say. But yeah, like I I've gotten in a few like scrapes with people or like we used to kind of roll sometimes like like shoot for real. Mm-hmm. And, like, I could, like, usually get, like, a guillotine choke, like, go under their head and, like, pull my arm and, like, get people to tap or, like, there was, like, but then when I did do jujitsu, like, I was in college and it was, like, a credit mm-hmm. and I was big then, too, you mm-hmm. know, so it was, like, it was weird because I, it was kind of like what you said, they didn't really teach us anything, we would just go live at the end of classes. Yeah. You know, you just roll or whatever for, like whatever five minutes that feels like 15 minutes because mm-hmm. you like have no cardio and, uh but it was weird i would like you know we'd learn a little bit of stuff our trainer was cool it was all jujitsu and he had like this uh he was big into this band um uh zach uh what's ozzy osbourne's uh guitarist uh, zach wild mm. he had a band called black label society yeah so like our trainer like had all his geese like tricked out with like black label society <laughs> and shit he was pretty cool but he was a smaller dude, but he was really good at jujitsu. But like, my point is like, I was big, so I would go like, you know, and everybody in there was a not novice. We were all novices, and I would like beat all these people until they tore their knees apart. Well, too. until a real, like re- like you said, a real wrestler. So even if I was like over two hundred pounds, there would be some dude that's all of a sudden like 160, 170, but he wrestled in school, mm-hmm. and even though he's smaller than me, all of a sudden like I couldn't do that over power shit because he had yeah. technique. He sprawled you out. So then I realized, like, you know, because I could see where a guy maybe starts and you're bigger Mm -hmm. and you start beating people, which I never did this because I always knew better. But, like, you you start beating people. It's like, oh, you get an ego about it. It's like, no, I know the only reason I'm beating these people is because I'm actually bigger than them. Yeah. And then when when the first guy came that actually had skill, he just just he would give me an arm bar over and over. <laughs> he would like do he would flip me somehow. He would like do like some Jap whiz thing or whatever yeah. the hell it was called, and I don't know. And before I knew it, I was down, and then I'd be trying to protect my arms, but I got these big ass long arms. <laughs> and before I knew it, he'd just have the arm bar in, and I'd be like, shit, tap, <laughs> you know, like yeah. It's like one of the areas where uh, being taller does not work in your advantage. No, so that was when I kind of ha- you get real respect for like martial arts, and, and I think there really is a thing about like technique over a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. You know, and that's the idea. I mean, I think that's the idea of jujitsu too, where somebody smaller could actually beat somebody bigger because. Real. Of technique, you know, like, like who's that dude, Mikey? You, you know that Mikey? What's his name that eats pizza all the time? He's like the a jujitsu guy. He was just beefing with uh, with Sneeko, the comedian or whatever. No idea. I don't know. Yeah, it's all social media shit, but he was funny. He's like, I don't know. He's like this dude. He just practices jujitsu. I can't say his last name. I I can see it in my head, 
but he's like this really kind of nerdy looking skinny kid, mm. you know, glasses oh, and everything. Oh yeah, I know who you're talking about. And all he does is train jujitsu for like hours a day, and then he just like makes giant meal. Like he just eats one meal a day at mm. night. It's like pizza and stuff that he makes homemade. And the dude's like a legit. I mean, he's like a jujitsu champion. So it's like. Yeah, it's like an yeah. ultra runner where they just eat like their big ass meals and. Yeah, like warrior yeah. meal uh-huh. at the end of the day, yeah, and he's like gets gains no weight from it because it's like he burned he's it all, all, day. all day. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty dope. I bet. Uh, do you think rolling like that just burns tons of calories? Oh yeah, I mean that shit's like when you have to go from barely standing up to getting back down, barely standing up to getting back down, and then moving into those positions. Right. Like, shit's fucking hard work, man. It's tough to get up and get down things. So like. That was one thing we did do in, when, in wrestling, even though it was like fake wrestling, is like these drills mm-hmm. of like getting up and getting down, getting up, getting, yeah. you know, like with a whistle. And everything, it's like yeah. up, and then you have to get up and you're in the right position. Yeah. And then it's like down, and you have to get down, and then you have to yeah. get up, and you have to have like your posi- foot positioning right, your hands right, you know, yeah. so that you'd be ready to tie up. Lots of balance. So it is weird, like even fake wrestling, there's a lot of like real technique in mm-hmm. it, and that is kind of how we learned it. We did learn it very slow. It'd be like, you learn like the tie up, you know, so there's like a tie up yeah. and that's where you try to make it look like you're wrestling. And then you learn like, okay, next I'm going to learn how to like take the arm back, turn it, you know, go underneath and then put it in like a hammer lock. Yeah. You know, so there's like weird because actually like pro wrestling as the fake kind, I don't know if people realize it, but it started out as like a legitimate, it, it like catches catch can wrestling. It was mm-hmm. real. And it was the the way that it became a work is kind of how like the same reason like they think everything could be a work right now you know because of money yeah so like it, it started out legitimate but like it'd be like wow that was another really boring hour long match between these two people that were totally you know equal in skill and everything and and we're losing gates you know the crowd yeah. you know so it's like hey you know that exciting thing that happened last week do you guys think you could probably work that that totally makes sense you know and then slowly over time that's how it turned into what it did it was like boring 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 oh shit the crowd went crazy we need that in there hey i'll give you a little if you guys make that thing happen that like made the crowd go wild i'll Mm -hmm. give you a little extra cut yeah and then i think eventually it probably turned into like this guy makes us the most money let's have him keep winning yeah so sorry you're gonna lose to this guy tonight what yeah (laughs) that's how it goes you want this money you know what i mean like and then slowly it turned into what it is now yeah. You know, and now it's just entertainment, so everybody knows what it is. But I, I think it's like you know, I think that's where people right now are with like the Super Bowl and stuff. Like, well, questioning like, is this a work? You know, you got the love story. You got all the you know, you got the Taylor Swift love story. I knew you, you were gonna bring that up. Oh, what do you think about all that? Yeah, it's just what it is. I mean, like, I don't really pay attention to any of it to be honest. No, no, I I think it's weird. It's like such a I never. I always thought, like, politics is divisive. I had no idea Taylor Swift would be such a divisive. Like, Mm. people are, like, at odds with it, you know? They're at odds with Taylor Swift even going into politics because they feel like they're going to do a massive swing. Right. I think it's weird because I don't believe, like, the conspiracy that she's, like, working for the government or anything. Yeah. But I do realize, like, her voice does impact. Like, if you look at the amount of voters that she will impact when she does say... Yeah. I can see where the conspiracy theorists get, like, worried or where they're Should getting be. these ideas. Because, like, it, I mean, it is, but that would be anybody that's got a large voice. Right. So that would be anybody online, people we listen to on podcasts. They're going to have a disproportionate effect on who people are going to vote for just with their voice. So, of course, if she's a billionaire and she has, like, 
of course, when she does endorse somebody, it is going to carry a lot of weight. Yeah, know? much like when Joe Rogan does it. Same way Joe Rogan. Right? If he says who he likes, that's going to impact just as much or more than Taylor Swift. So yeah. it's like, yeah, you can't really vilify her for like, you know, she has every right to her opinion, I would say. Yeah. But like, I don't think she's like actually secretly working for the government or anything, no, you know? I don't think so. But, uh, yeah, I can see where people are like, damn, she's really going to affect the vote. But, yeah, yeah, I don't think there's going to be some big Super Bowl thing where, like, she's going to come out and, like, there's going to be some big endorsement. And, like, (laughs) I mean, who knows? Now, if, if, like, if the Chiefs win and it's, like, this, like, romantic love story and then he proposes to her, I might might think it's a little scripted. But, yeah. She would never let that happen. No, that ain't going to happen. Actually, it would probably suck if you're, like, just going to the – game to watch your boyfriend and you just get all this attention yeah that's why she like i think that i saw something about her saying that her, she don't want her songs to come on or whatever else because she really wanted the focus to be on her you know on i the suppose team. you start playing her songs and all of a sudden they put the camera on you every time That'd be like fucking weird it would be weird no. imagine being as famous as taylor swift yeah no i'm good wouldn't I'm, that be so I'm weird so not into that and of course there'd be a million conspiracies about you because you're like that big you know like yeah for real that's some crazy shit I don't know. Yeah. But I guess that was one of the uh, the Travis Kelsey haircut is huge. Yeah. I guess. They uh, said it's like the big... What's it look like? I mean, I really think it's just a fade. I don't understand what the haircut even is. So it's like... I don't know. I just saw this thing where it was like the Travis Kelsey haircut is the biggest thing since the Jennifer Aniston. Oh, yeah. You know, everybody wanted a yeah. Jennifer Aniston hair I back I wanted one of the Jennifer Aniston haircuts. Did you like that show, Friends? Um, I didn't really watch Friends as much as I just liked her hair. Yeah, I just think she's yeah. great. I think she's super likable. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I never really watched Friends either. But it is weird. That one's kind of on a comeback for, like, young people watch that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Now, do you get to even watch any TV, or are you just so busy with working? Dude, I'm so busy with work. Like, right, my workload is fucking unreal. And then, right do you now. like that better? Do you? I think it's more fun to be that busy. Um, I think that uh, I'm probably gonna stop volunteering for more shit. Uh, yeah, there's a little bit of a there's, there's a little bit balance too, too to much be had. going on right now. Um, but it's good. Like it's all things that I'm excited about. It's all things that I really absolutely love. You know, mm-hmm. like um, I love doing things. Like I'm, I love the promotion space. I love the coaching space. I love anything, you know, boxing space related. You know what I realized? And it was really funny because we've been having this like revelation lately, like Mm -hmm. boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai, MMA. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say this like as kindly as I can out of all of the four different things, boxing is probably the most humble Mm -hmm. out of the arts. Um, MMA is the worst. Like, in terms yeah, of, like... because anybody can say I'm an MMA fighter. Dude, those, like... Again, like, dudes that have mom issues, like, they just buy some gloves. No, and, it's just weird, you know, like, like, you know, so I've, you know, been on the promoting side, right? And I've had to deal with, you know, MMA fighters, kickboxers, Muay Thai fighters, and boxers. And most recently, I just did, like, the Golden Glove stuff, and um, I will say that uh, boxers are less entitled, so okay. they're the least entitled and MMA is like the worst offenders of entitled and privileged behaviors. I think there's more of a, a want to get like famous with them. Yeah. I you mean, know what I mean? Boxers like, want to get famous too. I mean, don't get me wrong. They, they definitely want their stuff. But it's really interesting. The uh, One of the things that I kind of joke around about was that Josh, you know, when I threw my last fight, he was like, this Muay Thai community doesn't deserve you. And I didn't really understand what that meant. 
And it was funny because, like, you know, from walkout songs to, like, even, like, when I was matching these fighters, right, it was like, oh, what stance is he? Like, who fucking cares if you're orthodox or southpaw, mm-hmm. right? Whereas, like, these fighters, from the boxing standpoint, they just want to fucking get work. Like, they just right. want to work, and they just want to show up, and they want to work, and they don't care, you know, like, most of the time, you know, most uh, fights aren't sponsoring, like, hotel room or drive or whatever else. Yep. And with the boxing space, they're, like, they're down with that. And it's going to be lucky if they actually get a fight. And they'll still show up and do the work or mm. hopefully get, you know, a match. And that's the difference because, like, with the Muay Thai kickboxing MMA space, it's like, oh, you have to have this notice way in advance. Like, they're not ready to, to fight on a drop of a dime. Maybe some of them are, but, like, in the AMI space... Like, it's such a different vibe. And so I've been having a lot of fun in the boxing space um, just because it's easier to manage. What do you think it is that drives that? What do you think it is that makes boxing more humble like that or more hungry and always ready to go? Do you think it's, like, the perceived... Because there is, like, UFC, and I feel like there was a big wave of, like, MMA, like, become... You know, like, they would be selling the stuff at Walmart. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. There was a time when I was young, you know, it was like every, we all wore affliction shirts. Tap out shirts. And like everybody was like, I'm an MMA fighter. Yeah, I think that the biggest difference is that boxing has some real roots, you know, like, and it's kind of funny because somebody asked me the other day, hey, do you prefer boxing or kickboxing? And I was like, honestly, um, if so, here's my thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Like, if, kickbo- if kickboxing had more, like, if we had more gyms that offered kickboxing, if we had an environment like California, California's got like the IKF. And um, they are actually ran appropriately. And they also have such, like, like you know how we have Starbucks? Yes. That's how they have kickboxing gyms. You know what I mean? Like, they have kickboxing and Muay Thai, and it's just an abundance of it, right? Okay. So you have levels of competition there that um, are just unreal. So you can have, you know, development bouts. You can have regular bouts. You can have exhibitions. You can have, like, actual fights. Mm-hmm. And you have a plethora of people to be able to choose from. Whereas out here... Kickboxing and Muay Thai, yes, we have a community for it. Right. But I don't feel like uh, the nature of the uh, reserves is as deep as boxing is. And, you know, with boxing, there's just so much more. Um, and, and even for a, as a female, right, um, kickboxing, Muay Thai, like, yes, there's opportunities to compete, but you almost have to travel to compete for those. Mm-hmm. And then whereas boxing, there's just a, more of an abundance. And even then, like, for women, it's still some pickings, right? Like... Oh, yeah, I bet it's really oh, hard. It's fucking hard. But, you know, when I think about, like, hey, if I had to pick a, a space to, like, compete in, I would pick boxing because there's just more opportunities. And it's, like, a truly, you know, sanctioned body that everybody recognizes. Mm-hmm. Not that I enjoyed the sanctioning body that everybody recognizes, but what makes it different is that you have, like, a rhyme and a reason in how you get from point A to point B. Whereas in kickboxing and Muay Thai, like there's so many different sanctioning bodies and not one that really reigns supreme. And not that we want one that reigns supreme, but we kind of do because it just makes everything a lot easier when you're thinking about like, hey, how do I stack up against that person over there? Or, you know, what gyms are competing on this one versus that one? And it just makes it up for a shit show. Right. So, I mean, boxing, just in terms of like overall, there's history. I mean... We just did, like, I think it was, like, 100 years that USA Boxing just celebrated. Mm -hmm. And we can't say that to be true about, like, Muay Thai or kickboxing and any of those sanctioning bodies. So it just hasn't been around as long. It hasn't been around as long, and and it's not as prevalent in this particular community. Mm, So that makes sense. Yeah. So other areas, you think it's, like, they grow up with it more. Yeah, but even then, like, I'll be honest with you, like, if we're going to talk about kickboxing, like, I love fucking kickboxing. It's, like, what I started out with. Right. But the biggest challenge with kickboxing is that it's not as, it's like the fucking redheaded stepchild from hell. 
Oh, it's so yeah. bad. It's so bad. I mean, I love it, but at the same time, it's not as respected, and there's just a lot more. Like, if, if Muay Thai is slim pickings, fucking kickboxing is worse. I was going to say, because I think I know more people that are in Muay Thai than just kickboxing. Oh, yeah. What's, what, what would be, like, for the layman, what's the difference between Muay Thai and kickboxing? Oh, I mean, everything. Like, in... So, the way that I always explain it is, like, Muay Thai has, like, a stand-up component of grappling, right? So, like, you can clinch, you can throw elbows, you can throw knees. I mean, mm. you can throw knees in both uh, K1, which is, like, a modified version of kickboxing. Right. But uh, you can't throw elbows and you can't clinch. Okay. And then you can also sweep and dump in Muay Thai. Mm-hmm. So, um, there's there's a lot So, it's a lot different, yeah. actually. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, that, that stand-up, getting your neck in a clinch part is fucking real and it is... Whew, that shit's brutal. Now, so do you watch much uh, MMA now, or do you watch any UFC stuff? I, I love UFC, and I love MMA stuff. Like, I, I still watch it. There's some still fighters fun that to I watch, really, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny because, like, I've watched it for so long, and obviously, like, the gym that I come from has, like, I mean, they're known for their MMA. So, um, yeah, I, I've always watched it, and I can appreciate it. I just never... Like, I'm a germaphobe, so I don't like to be on the ground and look at people's hairs all over the ground. Like, That's got to be tough, there. being a coach <laughs> and being a germaphobe, huh? Uh, you know, from a striking standpoint, I'm good with it. Like, I will, like, I don't care. Like, I'll wipe your snot off your face and whatever else. Yeah. But, like, when it comes to me, like, rolling my own hair into the ground and, like... Well, it's you different know, when you're rolling. There's so many diseases that go that way. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, the other thing, too, though, is, like, I don't think I've ever really seen a gym that I, like, appreciate their cleanliness or their practice of cleanliness. So, like... If I see the way when that you see a nice clean gym, it's a rarity. Yeah. 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 It is. Um, yeah. When it doesn't smell like shit and it doesn't look like shit, and then if you don't see like hair all over the place, and then you watch the way that people take care of it or like the way that they respect it, and I'm like, it's much like you know when you go into somebody's house and you're looking at it, and you're like, mm, not eating off your plates. Yeah. No, I know that's a big thing. Yeah. That's like how you know if you're compatible with someone or not. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, if I watch the way that you prep food and it creeps me out, dude, I'm out. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. There's this dude that does, like, these food reviews, and I love watching because, like, he'll watch all these different things, and, like, you know, half of them are just terrible, and then every once in a while he'll get, like, a really good one, and he's, like, 10 out of 10, you know, like. Yeah. But he's so fun because he's, like, just, like, has such a cynical sense of humor while he's watching it, you know. Yeah. And, I mean, it's crazy. You've probably seen some of these videos. Like, even the ones he's looking, even if it's the, not the one with him reviewing it. But, like, it'll just be, like, people that do all these weird things with, like, like those tin, like, or metal baking sheets, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, the one person just had a bunch of tortilla shells in there, started dumping in, like, McDonald's fries, mm-hmm. frozen tater tots, frozen uh, uh, chicken nuggets, a bunch of, like, cheese and sauce, and wraps it up, puts it in the oven. And I'm like, that is disgusting. Oh, or like anytime people are doing stuff with like, they throw a bunch of raw chicken and pasta together and let it cook in the oven. I'm like, no, like, cause to me it's like, and maybe that's the thing. I don't know much about cooking, but I'm like, you know, for me, it's like, no, you cook the meat separate and you put it in the sauce, you simmer it, the pasta goes in the water. Yeah. Once it's done, then you put like, but they're like baking it all together in the oven. I'm like, that looks kind of weird. Yeah. I've seen that and I'm, I'm definitely, um, I'm a little too OCD about the way that I cook to do that. I'd be freaked out about the chicken not being cooked all the way. Yeah. I mean, I think that if the pasta is raw and then the pasta gets soft and the chicken's cooking, like you could definitely make that timing appropriate. But again, I'm just, I'm not a fan of that. Like I like to develop the flavors a little bit differently, but you know, that's just, I know I'd love to see you see some of that. Cause as like, so wait, you, are you still doing some of your food stuff too? Like posting online or? Yeah. I, you know, I used to, so I used to have a, a blog and it was like an amazing blog 
I mean, I really enjoyed it. But the problem mm-hmm. that I didn't care for is, you know, and I, I kind of teeter with this is like, do I, I do I do just a pay for a recipe or do I do, you know, whatever else? I really mm-hmm. hate um, the food experience online because I'm very much a cultural fanatic. So I like yeah. to talk about the history of the food. Like when I had my blog up, it was literally talking about how you pronounce the food to where it comes from and what area of like Vietnam it originates from and all right. that other stuff. Yeah. But most people aren't really hip to that. Like I felt like I was. Oh, I wouldn't know anything about it. Yeah. I would just see your food and be like, damn, that looks good. <laughs> you know, I think because last when we actually first started deciding you were going to come on was probably like last year. Yeah. And then I all before long, it's like the year goes by and then I got another show coming up because yeah. we had talked about doing yeah. one where we focused on your food. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't even eat right now you know, because I, I had a show. And it's so funny because now we're doing it again and I'm like eight weeks out from another show. Yeah. So I'm like, no. I'll we'll have to come back and do food, food. Yeah, someday yeah. I'll, I'll be able to eat food, I guess. <laughs> one of these times. But yeah. No, I've been able to eat a lot over the year. But yeah, no, right now I'm back to the pretty strict grind with it. Yeah. yeah. Are you cooking your own food? I cook all my own food, yeah. Okay. I see where like some people get like, um, you know, meal prep services and stuff. And mm-hmm. I could see like someday that paying off in a sense of like yeah it might be expensive but if it if you are somebody that works yeah you know that that you could be making money during that time and yeah. maybe it'll save you some time but no i just cook mine all like i just basically i will get a bunch of chicken and i will you know cook it all at once and i just like cut it up with yeah. the scissors that's literally how i cook my chicken Ugh, so my I, I get a bunch crazy. of i get a bunch of chicken breasts and i put them in a big pan with water and just start boiling it and then I flip them, and as they start getting done, I like take a kitchen scissors and I cut them all up into chunks, and then I season them with this blackened seasoning. So the next episode is gonna be how him to cook. teaching Nikki how to cook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I just put it in a glass thing, and I put it in my fridge, and then it's chunked up. So it's like when I go to eat it, I weigh it out, and so I put it with my rice. And, yeah. Uh, no. That's how I cook my ground beef too. I just cook it all and put it in the thing. And... So actually, do you do food prep or like? personal chef stuff for one client in particular a couple and it's funny because um yeah I mean I'm I'm preparing like 42 meals a week for them that's a lot yeah it is I hope you're getting paid yeah I mean they're they're I mean honestly I wouldn't do it for anybody I would do it for them just because they are pretty amazing people Uh um and also I care about their health because like they shot me some pictures of what they were eating I was like holy hell I'm like no you're gonna die this way isn't food huge yeah I mean like oh my god I think that people don't really understand um and it was funny because I was having a conversation with another coach the other day and it's really scary to think about like what you fighters are eating and what you like athletes are eating what you think is healthy and what you think is clean um, What's the craziest stuff an athlete you, that they thought they were eating healthy and you're like, bro? Um, okay, so this isn't a, a knock on anybody, but dude, if you're like an Olympic athlete or if you're like a ranked athlete and you're eating chicken wings, like, yo, man, yeah. that like breaks my heart. Like, fried chicken wings? No, dude, you're a high performer. Like, all the time, regularly? Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like post sparring one time we went out and I was in Texas and. One of Josh's fighters were eating like chicken wings and their version of vegetables was like celery sticks and carrots. And, you know, we kind of have this joke yeah. because they like banter with me back and forth, uh, you know, online and on social media. And they're like, hey, you know, you can put some of that green stuff in there, but we're not going to eat any of it. So it's kind of funny. I mean, again, going back to if you really understood the relation of your energy to the food that you're taking in mm-hmm. um, and if you still choose to take it in regardless, like I, I just find that... Um, 
the ability to understand food is a privilege and it's also something that um, it is yeah that wealthy people typically understand because they're able to I know and I think we take it for granted because I you know it's it's so funny you say that because like as a kid I remember having to like fight to understand like what's going on with my body yeah like because you didn't know it you were just eating what's given to you by your family what's normal and whatever your uh like you said your your basically your class your what your wealth bracket yeah. you know like what's normal and then you like start having goals like maybe like you know you with fighting or me with like wrestling or trying to lift weights and like why is you know what's going on here i think how do i know what's you know and you have to like research it and find it out over years of like yeah. realizing and then once you know it's like makes the most sense in the world yeah but it, you're right like it is weird like trying to think back because like you know, we'll be like maybe blaming someone like, oh, why are you eating like that? But maybe they have no freaking idea. No. You know no what I mean? Like no clue. Yeah. And it's like once you kind of know, you kind of realize like what's, you know. And then after that, there's obviously different camps and different people have different ideas. But yeah. we, we kind of for the most part just basically know if you just eat like whole, like healthy, real foods, you're probably going to be okay for the most part. Yeah. You know and I mean? people's version of healthy, real foods is very different. Yeah. There's like so I've seen much people's process. version of healthy real foods like it yeah so I will say that it's one of the things that you know I kind of try to figure out like hey where do I want to go with this food space thing like I love cooking Vietnamese food I love doing all those things but I think that the bigger wisdom that I have in that space would be um, food prep and nutrition and then also like you know for most people especially fighters like let's be real like most of y'all are poor right like most bodybuilders don't have a lot of money most it's hard most most, uh, fighters don't have a lot of money and so it's like hey how do you make food work with a small budget and like pick the right things. That's huge. Right? But you know, that shit's time consuming. That is cool though, like yeah. the idea. Like I used to love watching like YouTube videos like that. Like like yeah. uh, like bulking on a on a budget. Yeah. Like what are we gonna so they'll like you know and they'll even show you where they go and like there's some cool yeah. ideas out there. Yeah, like, there's really some really interesting things and it's like hey if you only have like you know hundred bucks or fifty yeah. bucks even well, right. Well right now really. yeah a hundred barely goes Oh. That's crazy, yeah. Right. But, you know, what would I do? I'd be like, dude, we're going to fucking learn how to butcher a chicken. We're going to, mm-hmm. like, eat some, you know, solid quality protein for very, right. very little. But we're going to make it work, right? We're going to take those bones and turn it into broth and, like, do a bunch of different things. But, you know, that's my nerdy self. Oh, so there's a lot of stuff you can do, like, really getting all everything out of the animal, huh? Oh, yeah. I mean, are you kidding yeah. me? Like, I'd never just buy, like, you're probably notorious for it, right? What, probably, just chicken breast? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm slaughtering so many just, like... No like damaged chickens that are probably being abused and everything it is horrible if you think about it (laughs) yeah just like you know it's so funny too because like you'll hear people like get mad at people who like hunt and stuff and they're like well why don't you just get it from the store like i do that's like it's like they don't even realize that like the food at the store was a living animal all i can tell you is that don't ever buy costco chicken costco i've never got chicken there what's good don't do that What's, it's pretty gross. Where's the best place to get chicken? I'm mean, probably a local farm. Honestly. I'm, I'm a big proponent of farmers markets. Like I don't know if you've noticed, but yeah. like on Saturdays I'll actually work the farmers markets. Well, not Saturdays. That is Sundays. That's the best food you can get. Oh yeah, locally. I love it because it like really allows me. To, like I, I figured out my my if I ever had to do a job while I was retired, it would be being at the farmers market because I love it that much. Like I really just love being there. I love being around the farmers. I love being around the people. I love being around people who actually care about what they're consuming. Yeah. Um, but I love, like, I used to think that, Hey, if I had a, if I had to do a job where I didn't really care about money, I'd be a florist. And then I was like, no, I would be a, um, I would, I would just work at the farmer's market cause I love it. Like I, 
when I go travel to, it's really it cool beautiful. because if you go to the farmer's market, you can see what's going on with their ag, right? And like the ag tells you everything about that community that you need to know. And so one of the things that I love about, you know, the farmer's market is like, do you get to meet the people who are raising the chickens that you mm -hmm. get to like, there's like a real cycle to it. And I'm not really a huge believer in like reincarnation and stuff. Like I don't really believe in anything in particular, but I definitely believe that, you know, what energy you put out there and what energy you take is going to come back to you at one point or another. Yeah, I would even say, like, the kind of energy you're putting in your body, right? Like, yeah, where the sentiment absolutely. of, like, where it comes from. Yeah. Like, who knows? I mean, not to get too weird, but, like, what if, like, you're consuming all these chickens that were in this horrible condition? Like, who knows if that, 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 like, the, you know, the woo-woo spirit of, like, those chickens isn't, like, something that you're consuming in a city. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, they lived a horrible, I don't know, it's weird, yeah. So, we, we, I grew up in Iowa, so it was very much, like, um you know where the food is made but there is a lot of big like huge farms there too yeah. so it's like you know the best thing you can do is like like my mom's parents they grew up on a farm so my grandma and grandpa and like i swear their food was like the hell you know same with my my dad's mom and dad too they always had like a huge garden in their backyard so they yeah. would just like make and their food was so good, you know? And then, like, same with my mom. They had a, a farm, so they had chickens. Yeah. They had cows. They had dairy. Oh, man. It's um, been a life. It, and then they also had a huge garden. So it would be like, you know, you'd go help grandma pick peas. Yeah. And you're, like, eating the peas right out of the garden. And then, like, you know, and then it was a time where, like, you were a kid. And, like, grandma's like, oh, we're going to butcher chickens. And, like, oh, you have all the little cousins out there. And grandma <laughs> shows you how they do it. And you're like... You know, and then literally your grandma's this like little, my grandma's small, you know, yeah. and she's like very petite and she just gets this little knife out and she just starts grabbing their heads and like cutting them off and, yeah. you know, then they go and then they go in and, you know, we put them in the pan and you take the feathers off and then she cooks it and like, then there's all the like, in, you know, the, like she uses like the gizzard and the yeah, heart and like should. all that stuff and she would even use like the feet. Yeah. She'd have like the chicken feet in, yeah. the, in the stock to like the flavor stock, it. Right. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, so you learn kind of about, like, where food comes from that way, but the point is, like, that food was so much healthier. Oh, my God. It's and probably then, even healthier than you eating your chicken breasts. Oh, it's way healthier. Yeah. And then you think about it, too, like, you'd go down to their cellar, to their basement, yeah. and it would be, like, shelves of canned foods. Yeah. So they knew how to can, too, oh, yeah. so they'd preserve things. You know, they'd have, you know, she would make, like, you know, jams and jellies, like, good, like, stuff like that, but also, like, they would preserve, like, beef with, like, uh like stew beef with tomato and like mm -hmm. you know all these things and it's like that's a lost art i feel like oh yeah it totally is i mean it's not a lost art in my house because you're doing it oh, there's yeah. people on a comeback there's like a renaissance for some of that stuff uh, like i'll literally grind my own meat like i'm so weird about that stuff like make really, sausage and stuff yeah like, i mean like yeah. i literally will take a piece of meat and i will butcher it and then i'll put it through the grinder like, so when you butcher it do you actually get you can get like chickens from the farmer's market and yeah stuff? for sure Damn. yeah and it's like totally different. Like once you eat farmer's market meat and oh, then you eat like... Tastes like junk. Oh, it's so fucking different. It's so like fake. You can tell, like you can, and actually it's funny because my clients were like, oh, like they're Nigerian so they like like to eat some of the bones, right? Like they're used to eating it because like the, uh -huh. where they grew up versus, you know, being here, like they're used to eating all of the meat, right? Right. And so they cook it, like they cook it to the point where it's like dead, dead. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting because they can tell the difference in like the chicken bones right like they can actually process the chicken bones with their teeth like it's wow. crazy right but i mean i wouldn't necessarily do that but they're definitely like they'll be eating bones yeah. you know there's probably good stuff yeah. in them i mean i'm sure yeah. there is bone oh, broth I'm sure in them. but you're right like even 
the vegetables and stuff, they're so lifeless from the store. They're covered oh. in like glyphosate and they're like So there's a huge no nutrients in them. There's like, a huge reason why I do the farmers market and it's a lot of it is because like when you're eating food from the farmers market, like that shit's been like pulled out of the ground like forty eight hours ago. You're literally taking like supplements in like yeah. pure food form and it's totally different. Like it's so hard to eat. Like anything. I have a whole thing full of vitamins in there, but that's better vitamins. Yeah. I mean it's like legitimately real. Food. real yeah. Like Yeah. I think food is like the key to like most of our ailments. Oh yeah. I would say that the majority of what we consume is like really causing a lot of trouble. Right, but then I mean like metabolic problems. Food yeah. is the the a cure, but it's also it can be an ailment, and that's mm -hmm. where fasting. It's like food and fasting go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm sure you probably don't some do people the fast. hate fast. Oh, I've been I've loved fasting. Oh, do I've you? done. I don't do it right now, but I've done it before, and I think yeah. it's like super. You know, there's obviously like this the science on it where there's people with different ideas, and then the one dude like I don't know if you watch Bio Lane, he kind of debunks some of that stuff. But I think there's a huge benefit to it, even just mentally. How long have you? Or what's the longest fast you've ever been on? I've done over 24 hours where, okay. like, I've I've done where I've like not eaten all day and mm -hmm. went to bed and never eat, ate that day. I've gone on a 14 plus day fast. Oh, where dang. I just didn't do anything other than water, like no yeah, just water. Yep. But the thing is that I actually had to take in electrolytes because I think by the fourteenth day, like it, there's a real rhyme and reason to how you do that. But yeah, that's a whole other story. Did you see like Dana White after his fast? No, he did like an eighty-six hour fast. He probably needed to do a fourteen-day fast. That dude. Well, because he was almost dead. Like yeah. they told him, like, bro, you're gonna die in ten years. So he had to like clean up his diet. He was like. Yeah terrible metabolic health you know and he was eating hor you know he's like this high pressure Dude, have you seen his food videos well that's what i'm saying oh my he was God, like that thing's horrible i think food was the last thing he would worry about because he had yeah. all these things on his mind because he's yeah. running you know this business and yeah. everything and i think he's one of those like high output performers and so i think food didn't it was just like a thing he didn't want to think about so he didn't care about his health yeah you know, and then when you are in high pressure, you probably eat more to like, you know, yeah. like something to do or whatever. Or just eat shit food, but yeah. But he worked with this dude and got himself healthy and then like all his markers are better and stuff. But then he went on this 86 hour fast. It resets. And it reset everything. Mm -hmm. Like he it looked insane too. He was so leaned out. Yeah. Like, and he was already healthy before the fat. He'd already gotten healthy. Yeah. But it was like, it really shows you like there's something to it like do you know what the longest fast ever recorded was yeah it was like something ridiculous over a few hundred days actually. yeah it was over a year yeah it was like over but, 365 days and i can't remember exactly yeah and the was. dude it was all monitored by doctors so yeah like you said they were giving him the he had nutrient yeah. it wasn't like like anybody listening don't just not eat for a year you're gonna yeah. die but like this was <laughs> he had very high obesity i mean his metabolic health was very bad he was obese so like he was able to like his body just ate itself yeah and then the weird thing was he didn't have any loose skin or anything yeah so weird and then i guess from the story i read he never gained it back either yeah he was just after that yeah i don't know he what would have had was. to have some serious like doctors helping him like reintegrate i mean obviously he had them while they're he was doing that fast but one of the things that they say and you know, I'm like a, such a huge fasting nerd. Like, I'm Yeah, let's hear about this. I, I'm interested in fasting. So Dr. Longo is out of USC, and they actually did this fasting seminar. Not even a seminar. It was like a fasting conference. So they brought all the doctors in, and, you know, you have all the different types of fasts. You have intermittent fasting. You have, like, um, 
you know, five twos or you have like three days or, you know, seven days or whatever else. And like the reason why people do the fasting is because it helps to, well, there's a lot of reasons. Like the number one reason is going to be like your weight loss. Yep. And then the other reasons are going to be for high cholesterol, high insulin levels. And then also the most important one is cancer, right? So they say that, you know, with the way that we feed our body, that the white blood cells get really, you know, really fucked up. T-cells, all that stuff. Everything right. just gets super fucked up. And so what ends up happening is that they there's a study that says that if you fast for, I think it's like oh, like 72 hours every quarter, it helps to get rid of all of the cancer cells in your body. So it starves it, right? So that you can reset your body and not have to worry about it. Again, there's like, again, lots of, lots of studies about this. The mm-hmm. biggest challenge with um, fasting though is that there's not a lot of information, oddly enough, because I mean, I went on a geek search for this and like even the documentaries that they have, it's very uh, controversial. And so to find out the real understanding of fasting, like you really need to go to like high level conferences to really understand more. But you know, the one thing that it does, like the one thing that's always been true about fasting is that it really does reset your cholesterol levels, your you know mm-hmm. insulin levels, and then it also helps to mitigate cancer. You know, people freak out about the idea of it. And I'm always like, do you think what we're doing is actually normal? Yeah. Like there's never been a time in history where you just eat, three times eat a whenever day. you feel yeah. like it. This is really not, yeah. not normal. In fact, it's actually probably more normal to have times of like, you know, that's what it would have been. Like we would have had times of having no food and then right. times of abundance when we like either killed something or found something or the, the year, yeah. time of year. Right. You know, so like I would say fasting is pretty natural. Yeah. And absolutely. I think it feels good. Oh, it feels great. Makes your, for me, it's like it clears your brain. You get like, same with like right now since I'm on this bodybuilding diet. Mm-hmm. So I'm in a deficit a lot. So I get really low brain fog and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know how when you're eating so much, you get so bogged down by yeah. food and it's like your body doesn't even. Yeah. So it's weird. Like people, I wonder that too with like people that get cancer and stuff. And like, I've actually had some family friends who are affected by this recently. We even had a guy that passed away and stuff and like, you know, and I don't know what they all did, obviously, like chemo and stuff like that. And I'm sure the doctors do everything. But I always wonder, like, these people, are they ever trying any food things? Like, yeah. if if you're, like, in your 60s and you get cancer and it's like, we're doing the chemo, but, like, it's not working. Oh, shit. Like, I would be trying everything I could at that yeah. point. I'd be like, you know what? I'm just going to eat carnivore. I'm going to eat no carbs, see if that <laughs> does something. You know, just something. Yeah. Anything just to try it. Right, because I know they've done, like, they've cured... Uh, dogs at least with cancer by putting them on keto diets Mm. you know what i mean so like they'll starve out the carbs and then for whatever reason the cancer was only feeding on the carbs the sugars yeah once those were gone then the cancer went away you know and i'm not saying like oh if you have cancer go on a carnivore diet i'm just saying like (laughs) do we ever try those things like what if there's something else that could be done like because it is is it like that when you get cancer is it just like Hey, keep doing everything exactly like you've been doing it. We're not going to take into account your diet whatsoever. We're just going to put you on this keto or this chemo. It's like I would probably try a lot of things. Like yeah. change if I had, was found out I had cancer, I would be like, "What? I'll want to cut out everything artificial I can. Yeah. Let's try to heal this body. Like let's like try to take out. You know what I mean? I'm not saying it would work, but I'm saying that's where my brain would be. Yeah. I think that um, the biggest challenge with the way that we're set up is that we're used to uh, curing symptoms. We're not used to actually healing from within. Yes. And so I think that the biggest challenge that most people have, and that's why fasting isn't as popular because it doesn't help propagate like pharmaceuticals. 
or well, um, that's my issue with pharmaceuticals. It's yeah. always like change nothing that you've been doing, but take this extra thing. Yeah, that's not solving the problem. Right. The like problem is from what you've been doing. Yeah. So it's very much like insulin and diabetes, right? Like it's hard because like you need insulin, but you don't really need insulin. And so the more insulin you take, the more you have to keep taking. And then you get to a point where you're all out of whack and it's just It's so out of whack. It's so out of whack. Well, and that's why this thing right now, this is the most popular drug is like Ozempic and all this this new stuff. Mm -hmm. Like these weight loss drugs are like the newest thing that pharma is doing. Yeah, it's horrible. I'm a little concerned about them. Just a little. <laughs> you know, but you look at our population, we're not doing good. No. As far as like metabolic diseases and stuff, mm-hmm. like we are not doing good. So the thing that concerned me about the Ozempic is I saw like, it was like 10, 20 or 10% of your body weight you'll lose. Mm-hmm. And then, but it varied on how much of that was like, like there were some cases where people lost up to 70% of what they lost was lean muscle. Oh, that's horrible. And I'm like, if it's taking your muscle, especially the older you are, you know how dangerous that is? Yeah, like, absolutely. Because it's really going to be hard to gain that muscle back when you're older. And having muscle is like, and I don't mean muscle like the way people are thinking, like, oh, look good muscle. Like what I'm, I'm saying, just like in general, having skeletal muscle on your body. Yeah. There's so many diseases that that of impacts, like, yeah. like lack of having skeletal muscle, such as like Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and those kind of things like that, like. That's why I suggest a lot of older people like start resistance training now. Yeah. Like you want to preserve as much of that muscle as you can. So. Absolutely. And that's just a promo for my training. So hit me up. No, I'm just <laughs> hit me up for training. Yeah, free fitness if you need to start getting. But yeah, no, I really do. That stuff concerns me a lot. I'm more into the food as a. I'm not saying never take a pharmaceutical. Like thank God we have pharmaceutical drugs mm-hmm. and they can really, you know, help people. But I think you're really right on that. Like. It is creep. It's all for profit. So yeah. I mean, if you, if there's anything that's going to cure, it's going to be what you're putting in your body and then what you're starving your body from. Yeah, that's why I do like fasting. I feel like there's yeah. got to be some benefit to just letting everything take a break. Yeah. Oh, your you know, body think about if we eat three meals a day every day, yeah. and then most people are going out and chugging down five or six alcoholic beverages every. Your system is constantly being bombarded with just shit. I think the biggest thing about um, fasting is it gives your kidneys a break. And your kidneys and your liver never really get a break. And when you're you're actually fasting, you get to give that thing a break. Yeah, that is crazy. Our systems need a break sometimes. Yeah, Yeah. And I suppose that all goes into, like, you know, what you're doing with coaching and training and everything. You have to have a fit body for that, right? I mean... Yeah, I mean, some people don't have a fit body. I've seen it. And they do it anyway. They do it yeah, anyways. Yeah. And some people will take, like, will make horrible food choices. I think... I don't know if I told you about this one. I, we literally... Uh, I was roughing a fight up north, and uh, we had a dude who decided that he was going to eat Chipotle, not my oh, dude, no. before the fight, and he fucking reacted all up in... Oh, he, he threw like, it up. Threw okay. it all up all over the ring. I thought you fucking, were going to go the other... So there's, like, mm-hmm. like definitely uh, legends of people, like, you know, crapping their pants in pro wrestling. Oh, yeah. Like, it's like, sure. I ate the wrong thing or like, you know, like, uh-huh. cause when you're in a singlet, like 300 days a year, there's going to be some time where you like eat the wrong thing and something yeah. bad, but he threw up. 
Oh, he fucking hurled it up, oh, and it was horrible. Like, horrible. we had to stop. Like, I think it took us about two rounds of fights in order to get that shit cleaned up because we were sitting there for a while. Like, we had to, like, scoop like it, it never into goes a, away. a bucket. Like, and then we had to, like, pour coffee grinds all over the ring and all over the side of the ring. It was fucking horrible. Like, that would really help, though. Yeah. The coffee grounds. They'll, yeah. they'll soak it up, and then the smell of them kind of counteracts the crap. Oh, dude, smell. I was sitting there, and I was like, Because, <laughs> oh, I hate that smell, too. Like, I'm one of those people, like, if I see throw up, I'll throw up <laughs> like it just and i think that's a natural thing it's like you know yeah no it's fucking gross it is pretty don't nasty. do that don't no. be that asshole who eats shit before they go to fight and then throws up in the ring for us no you know, well kim we're almost gonna wrap up here cool. so let's see i want you to just tell people like if they're interested in training with you what to do what the process is what they should start doing to prepare themselves like so if they're interested in training with us at the Queen's Dojo, just go to our Instagram page at the Queen's Dojo. Mm-hmm. Um, if they are wanting to do a one-on-one with me, they can still go to that page and find me and the information there. Um, I'll put that up in our story for you too. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Well, thank you so much, Kim. That was thank fun. You. Fun to catch up with you. And uh, uh, that kind of went all over the place, but that's all right. That's kind of usually how it goes <laughs> on here. So. Uh, Anyways, I really appreciate you being here. It was fun to catch up. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next time. Awesome.